So they were the exemplary, religious, righteous people of their day. So when Jesus says that your righteousness has to exceed theirs, he's saying something shocking. And we need to let it shock us the way it shocked the original hearers. You are listening to Holy Words from Holy Cross, the sermon podcast of Holy Cross Evangelical Lutheran Church in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. We hope you find these words a blessing in your daily walk with God. Please visit us on the web at www.holycrossnazareth.org or in person at 696 Johnson Road, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Will you please join me for a word of prayer? Gracious Heavenly God, how privileged we are to come to this house of worship and to receive these words down through the ages and the scripture from your Son. As we continue to work our way through his most developed sermon, Lord, we ask that you help us not only get a better grasp of the ideas in this sermon, but to embrace them with our hearts, that we might live them in our lives. These things we ask in the precious name of him who is our Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So Benjamin Franklin said that brevity is the soul of wit, but uh, it's not always the soul of preaching, right? And you're all like, yeah, we know, Pastor. <laughs> but today, it, it's going to be true because um, I have to get my voice through three services and uh, it's, it's not cooperating with me this cold. Um, so we're going for a slightly shorter sermon and a slightly longer offering of a thought today. Um, this passage of Scripture, this section of the Sermon on the Mount, um, is one of those sections where the final sentence explains the meaning of the previous ones. So it's good to start there and work your way back to see what Jesus is pointing at. So unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Not may not, but will not, cannot. These are sobering words. Because although we're used to hearing about the Pharisees through the New Testament and Jesus' criticisms of them seem self-evident to us after 2,000 years of Christianity. Nobody likes people who are self-righteous. But at the time, what Jesus was saying was completely novel. The Pharisees were the ideal religious people of their day. They were so attentive to God's law, they focused all their energy on memorizing it, explaining it, figuring out it, the details and the extent of its meaning, and then living that way. Both in distinction to the Jews around them and to the Gentiles that were all around them. So they were the exemplary, religious, righteous people of their day. So when Jesus says that your righteousness has to exceed theirs... He's saying something shocking, and we need to let it shock us the way it shocked the original hearers. So knowing how this wraps up, now let's go back and take a look at what he says earlier in the passage. 
You are the salt of the earth. Now, there's a phrase that used to be most commonly applied to men. Ladies, you were left out of this one, but you'll be glad that you were left out of this one. Um, they would say, a guy wasn't worth his salt. Now, what that meant was that the salt that was needed to keep the meat that would keep that guy going, he didn't do enough work to sustain that, to make that worthwhile. So they were saying quite literally, he doesn't do enough work to be worth feeding. <laughs> Jesus wants us to be salt for the earth. And the same way salt was used to preserve meat, we are sent to help preserve the world, to keep it falling into chaos through the power of sin that was unleashed upon the world. It's our obedience, our carrying of God's word out into that world that helps keep things from collapsing and falling apart even amongst people who do not know or even reject God's Word. We have that sacred task and responsibility. And just so we're clear about the fact that this is a public act we're engaging, then Jesus goes on to say that you are the light of the world and you have to put the light up high so that everyone can use it to read. Everyone can use it to see what's going on in the house. We have an obligation to do this in a very public way so that the light of God can go out into the world. Now, this is not new language. Jesus is taking very old language from the prophets. The prophets spoke regularly about God's light lifting the darkness of the world. When Jesus is first taken to the temple, Simeon, who had it prophesied over him that he would see the Messiah before he died, takes his Jesus, this baby Jesus in his arms and says to him, you will be a light for the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And light, God's light going out into the world to raise up the darkness and take it away. This is a common, common image of the prophets. So Jesus is using an image they're all familiar with and using it to highlight their responsibility. But I tell you what happens to me when I hear this kind of talk from Jesus. I start thinking about my own life. I start thinking about the way I conduct my average day. And I think about, do I really, am I really salty enough? I don't really want to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And I spend most of my time around other Christians who already agree with me. Am I really getting out there to salt the world? Am I doing it in a public enough way that I can realistically say I'm contributing and being part of the light of the world? And that's when I start to lean back a little bit into, wait a minute, it's, it's saved by grace through faith, not through works of the law, right? That's Ephesians. Yeah, okay, good. That's true. So how do we understand what Jesus is saying? Because this is, these are both scripture. These are both truths we have to hold in our mind. We're not saved by our works, but Christ is calling us to incredible works. And then saying our righteousness has to exceed that of the law, of, of the scribes and the Pharisees. Here is at least what I think it means. See, the Pharisees did a tremendous amount to fulfill the law, but they did it all in their own power and by their own effort. 
And that made them self-righteous prigs. <laughs> this is what Jesus criticizes them for. He doesn't criticize them for keeping the law. He criticizes them for their own view of themselves for keeping the law and their own disdain for everyone else who doesn't do it as well as they do. See, we, we are called to keep the words of Jesus, even though we're saved by grace through faith. Because you see, the grace that we receive is free for us. But it cost Jesus everything to give it to us. So we don't want to cheapen it by not being the people we're called to be. But we also don't want to become like the Pharisees. Our righteousness needs to exceed theirs. And the best way to do that is to not try to follow Jesus' words in our own power alone. You see, human effort can only take you so far. And as someone once said, you know, if you tackle, if, if you manage to conquer the other six deadly sins, pride is really hard to avoid. <laughs> But if we are leaning back into the power of God when our strength runs out, when we have a living relationship with God that's more than just belief in a couple of things we say about God, like the creed or having had an emotional experience with God, but rather when we are walking with God every day, learning to hear His voice, to catch His leadings in our life, then when we run out of steam, He has more than enough power to carry us forward. And in fact, He'll even direct us in the use of our, what strength we have. And I was looking for an example to demonstrate what this might actually look like for you. Because that's what this upcoming week with the Disciple Life Conference is all about. It's about learning to walk daily with Jesus and not just believe in Him. And um, I want to share with you a ritual that's happening around our house right now. As most of you know, my sister-in-law is um, struggling with cancer. And uh, it's in her liver, and so it pushes on her stomach, and she often doesn't want to eat. Um, and uh, so this has, these little bottles have become a regular sight around our house. I saw Jen nodded. She's a nurse. She sees this all the time. It's called Ensure. It's called a nutrition shake. And this, these little eight ounces in this bottle, you get nine grams of protein, 220 calories, and 26 vitamins and minerals. And it tastes like chocolate milk. So yay! But even this is not something that my sister-in-law wants to eat or drink. She feels full all the time. And some days, she doesn't even have the will to want to drink this, let alone the strength to push herself to do it. But see, she has more than herself to rely on in this struggle. She has a relationship with a niece and a nephew who love her very much. And uh, my 13 and my 15-year-old have taken to taking her insurers for the day, putting them in the refrigerator, and at the appropriate times, bringing them out, cracking one open, putting it in her hand, and then they engage in this ritual that's usually reserved for college fraternity parties. 
and they start yelling, chug, 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 chug. <laughs> when she runs out of strength and will, the people she has a relationship with carry her forward. And that is what our Christian faith is. It's not just rules. It's not just ideas. It's not just emotions. It's a daily relationship with our Lord and Savior. Will you join me for a word of prayer? Lord, through your strength alone can we hope to exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. For they went about as far as any human being could go. Lord, bless us as we seek to hear your voice through the words of Scripture, through the, our daily prayer, through your leading in our lives. Help us tune our ears to be attentive to it so we recognize you when you show up. Give us energy to walk with you and then energy to live as you would call us to live. As salt for the earth and light in this world. And these things we ask in your most precious name, which is forever Jesus the Christ. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Be thou my best thought in the day and the night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my life.